With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Still in the basement, no longer alone. With my homegirl Therese on the microphone. Music politics are just chatting it up. Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up You never know who might run through Legendary artists or someone brand new You miss a lot when you miss one day At least that's what I heard somebody say But it doesn't really matter what whoever says It's always a good show With Javon and Therese Yeah Brunch in the basement With Javon and Therese Yeah who we got today or what we doing today or whatever it is, it's going to be good. Woo! Jackson, and you're in the building with Javon and Therese for old time's sake. Hey, everybody, this is Kenny Bobian, and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hi, this is Robin S., and you're listening to Javon and Therese in the basement. Show them it up! Hey, this is Ivy Sunshine, and I am in the basement with Javon and Therese. Shine. What's up? It's your girl, Monifa, and you're tuned in to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, it's your girl, Williams, and you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, this is Lenny Williams, and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese playing my kind of music. Still in the basement, no longer alone, with my homegirl Therese on the microphone. Music politics are just chatting it up. Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up. You never know who might run through. Legendary artists or someone brand new. You miss a lot when you miss one day. At least that's what I heard somebody say. But it doesn't really matter what whoever says. It's always a good show with Javon and Therese. Yeah. Brunch in the basement with Javon and Therese. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Everybody's a friend in my head. I already know everybody. (laughs) One day I'll tell you about me and Shaka Khan, but, you know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. But she doesn't know anything about it. But anyway, 
No, she doesn't. She just wasn't even there, actually. But anyway, but she did um, mention none other than Shaka Khan as one of her. Why did you say, wait a minute? Why did you want to say Shaka? She did mention none other than Shaka Khan. I'm like, where did your voice go? What happened? What's happening? Even the mere mention of her name. Silence. Oh gosh. Would you believe I'm blushing? Just yes. Hard. <laughs> Your speechless blushing. That's the thing. Speechless blushing. Brazzy, I can't help it. There's a shocker. There's a shocker rehab, you know. If there's a cure for this, I don't want it. I don't want it. Oh, senses though, Jay. I'm gonna send y'all some perfume. I'll, I'll definitely, I get an address. I'll send y'all some. You can send me some cologne, cause I mean, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I Just in that. case I should be shocked to come, I want to smell really, you know, oh, nice. Oh god. Okay, dokey, babe. Whatever you say. I just want to wish everybody um a happy Shaka Kanaka. All right, thank you. Let's let's carry on. I'm sorry. Javon, yeah, there's a pill you're going to be able to take. I promise I have to tell them where you went, but they're coming for you. Time, so and we thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, thank well, thank you. This part, that little piece, I'm just gonna keep and play it all the time for myself. <laughs> but no, just do this. And I think it's it's time, Therese, to do a little rapid fire with um, Mr. Ooh. Richard Pryor, Jr. I think so. I think so. So, don't worry. We won't hurt you. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey. What's happening, baby? I hope everybody is doing well today. I have to tell you, I am in my fields, straight up in my fields today. Um, I want you all to know that the, um, first of all, um, Therese will not be joining us today, unfortunately. But fortunately for her, she has other things to do. <laughs> um there's a prior appointment, three, nine, four. Um, I just want to put up the chat line so that you all can call in and chat with me. I do have um, someone coming through, hey, Miss DJ, to spend some time with us today, um, the beautiful legislator, um, attorney Pam Keith, who was on the show not too long ago, 
is going to come back this afternoon when I found out um, last night that Resi wasn't coming through. Hey, LaVon. Um, when I found out that Resi wasn't coming through today, um, I decided, you know, to start reaching out to people. Uh, I do want to say that the first person I, I reached out to, just in a whim, was Richard Pryor Jr., but um, unfortunately he's going through some back issues, so we'll keep him in prayer. And um, the the person I, I thought of next, and especially because I'm in my political fields today um, and yesterday, was um, Pam Keith, and almost immediately she said yes. And that is what I'm talking about. You know, like um, – we are recently acquainted, and and if I reach out and you you just you're there for it, you know I I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, um you know when people give me a yes, you know I appreciate that. Don't don't we all though, right? And and you know it's okay. No is okay too. I can accept that because then that means it just wasn't meant to be in that moment. So there's that. Um. I think I will hold off on the political fields, although it's pressing, but I'm going to hold off on that um, a little bit up until the point that um, Pam Keith joins us because she knows more about this kind of stuff than I do. I'm just feeling a particular way, and I prepared a little something for y'all so y'all could see what I'm talking about in case you had not heard. I feel like it's my responsibility, our responsibility, to share new information or any information, political information and otherwise, anything, especially if it directly impacts our people. I, I recently had this thing that happened, and LaVon, you can – you know, check me out in terms of my psyche, right? Um, So when I go through things personally, when things affect me personally or if I feel like I'm slighted personally, you know what? You know, for a long time, I'm glad that you said that, but we're going to – I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit that. I'm gonna come back to that. Um, when when I feel like I'm personally slighted or if somebody's bothering me, I don't. I I'm not one to stand up for myself too much. You know, like it, it, I ain't gonna let nobody hurt me physically. But if something, um, someone says something, or or does something that that hurts my feelings, I just let it go. I'm like, okay, all right. Um, depending on the situation, I have to say also. Um, I may say something in, mom- in the moment, maybe, but um, for the most part, I hold on to stuff. I- Therapy. Um, an emotional hoarder. I hold on to shit. I hoard my feelings. So you may or may not know 
that you said something that negatively impacted my psyche. I'll say it like that. Um, you may or may not know that my feelings were hurt. Because I, either I'll say what I said or I'll, I'll think about it later and, and, and then I, I rehash it in my brain. And, and that's craziness. That, that's insanity. I know it. But, but what I do, what I, I can't stop myself from doing is defending others. So if, some, if I find out, Misty, that somebody was messing with you, I'm going to be all, all up in it. What? I, I mean, like, I ain't no punk. What? You did what? Somebody messed with LeVar? What? What? That's my cousin. What? What? You know? What? You said something about Rez? You, you ain't going to say nothing about Rez to me. You just, that's, that's not, what? Pop? What? You, what? He, what? You want, what? Throw joint? What? You know? However, that I don't have that same instinct when it comes. I'm like, because I feel like I can't be bothered. That's the other thing. Okay, you showed you, you revealed who you are, and and I'm just going to leave you there. Let you wallow in your own shit, and I'm going to move on. But the truth of the matter is that somehow I don't move on because even though it's not constantly present, there's a piece of it that lingers, and I'm still mad. I'll stay mad for years. That's crazy. That's just crazy. Is this avoidance justifying your isolative nature? Hmm. Interesting. I have no idea. That's something to think about. There's something to think about. But I'll stand up for others um, much quicker than I will stand up for myself. I've had to stop taking up for people who don't take up for themselves. Now, that, that makes sense. Um, and, but you know what? I've made a whole career of, of defending the defenseless and taking care of people and, um, you know, being that uh, caretaker. Now, um, it's so funny. For a long time, I did the podcast prior to being visual <clears throat> by myself. When when I first started um, podcasting, I had two co-hosts, actually. But they didn't co-host in the same way that Therese and I do it. I don't know if anybody, if either of you anyway, ever used to listen to that show. Um, but the way the show went was i come on by myself, and then Nathan James would come on, and he would give the news, current events, and he and I might talk about current events a little bit. And then um, a young lady by the name of Mika Ray would come through and do like a sensual, sensuous kind of, you know me, I always got to have some kind of something sexy. Um, she would talk about intimacy in the bedroom or um, couple stuff. And then I would probably, 
I don't, I wasn't DJing, DJing, but I would play some tunes and then I would have, you know, some special guest or something. Or it would just be a music show after that. Um, after the accident that I was in, the car accident I, I had, and um, Therese agreed to do the show with me. She's been she's been co-hosting ever since, and so. I have grown accustomed to having someone that I can look at. And so my thinking is that you all would be bored just if it's just me sitting here talking to you. I it, it, I'm I've become accustomed to having um someone else to look at. So even if it's not Therese, if it's somebody else that's fine. Um, yeah. So back to your statement. Interesting. Is it possible that your protective behaviors for others is compensation for you not feeling protected or seen at some point in your life? Yes, it's possible. Um, you know, the way I think about my life is that I've always had to be self-protected um, from a very early age. I feel like I've always had to protect myself. And so if people say shit, if that's your thing to hurt me or, or withhold or, or do something that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I'm tired, whatever. If that's how you feel. Now, you tell me I'm not good at something and and it's something that I want to be good at or something I enjoy doing and you tell me don't do it, I'm going hard and I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going to fucking show you. I'm, or I'm just, it's just going to, like I said before, I think I, I was talking to Therese on the show and I said that I had a cousin who once, you know, when I, I had graduated from college with like a 4.3 GPO, GPA, excuse me, and she was like, I don't know what you did all that for. You ain't going to do nothing with it anyway. You ain't going to go nowhere. It ain't going to help, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like all this negative chatter. So then I went and got a master's. Like, you, you can't tell me, um, like, you're a whack DJ. Stop DJing. What? Oh, okay. Now I'm going to do it on this show. I'm going to do it on TikTok. I'm going to do it on Instagram. Where the fuck else can I do it? I'm I'm just I'm going to do my thing. Don't tell me. People tell me I can't sing. I tend to agree with that to some degree. However, you don't want me on stage with you, so I'll create my own damn concert and I'll sing. And whoever comes comes and if they don't don't. And I've been eh, not I wouldn't say successful, but I've done all right with the concert thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like... What is it that you think you lack as a host that we wouldn't watch if you were alone? I don't think I lack anything. I just... I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's more interesting when there's two people. I don't think that I lack anything necessarily. Um, I guess there are a lot of shows where people sit and um, 
just alone and and host the show by themselves. There's a lot of that. I mean, people have made entire television careers. But the thing is, is that what I'm looking at, what I see on the screen here is me. So all I see is myself. And so, and I do see your comments though. So I'm cognizant that you're there and, you know, because there's two sides of a story. There's just two different opinions. That's why it's more interesting with more than one person. And then someone else may come up with something that is more interesting than what I'm saying, maybe. Which reminds me, I, you know, let me, let me do this, if you will. Um, I have a new rapid fire for you guys, uh, ladies, people. And I think, I believe that you will enjoy this one. Um, and again, like you, as you can see, I'm, I'm always doing the Tammy too much stuff. So I'm turning my head because I'm, I'm doing something here. Um, but let me, let me, let me get the most recent rapid fire up. <laughs> I'm not deflecting. I'm just trying to do too much. I have, you know, um, doing the show and making sure that the production is going smoothly as you co-host is a lot to do. So the other reason why it's it's beneficial to have somebody else because I can, while the other person is talking, I can whip, whip, whip on the other screen and do what I have to do technologically. So it's not a deflection. It's um, It's a management. It's a multitasking management thing, which... Um, a few years ago, at the time when Therese started with me, I couldn't do by myself because of the TBI, the traumatic brain injury. I wasn't able. I wasn't able to do the technology and do the technological stuff at all. You know, it was a very slow and frustrating for me process. Um, but I think we're up and running now, and you know, things are working out okay, you know, in terms of my brain and in terms of me being able to do the things that I once did. I just want to remind everybody you're listening to WJBR Internet Radio, Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. And Therese is out today. However, we are still going to keep it moving. And yes, I do have a special guest, and I'm I'm very glad and and thankful that um, you find me entertaining enough, interesting enough to spend time with me in your during your day. That that means the world to me. You have no idea, you have no idea. When I see y'all on the chat, it it just well, thank you so much. It was a it was a process. Coming back from that, you know, to where I am now, and I'm not, I won't say half, but let's just say, let's take the idea of an elevator, and let's just say this is the top 
floor that the elevator has always gone. You go to sleep, then the elevator goes back up. You go to sleep, elevator goes back up. My brain function is about here compared to where I was, but that's okay. I mean, not for nothing, I I was pretty smart back before the, the last injury. I've had multiple TBIs and concussions and, you know, so forth, multiple throughout my life. I did. I did a lot. Thank you so much. And every now and then, LaVon, every now and then I slip almost back into that dark space where my brain is frozen. Um, You should – and let me just say this. You should never feel your brain move inside your skull. That is the freakiest freaking experience. I I actually felt my brain moving. Just the the memory of that fucks me up. (laughs) I don't even... That's dope. That's that's deep, you know? But anyway, thank you so much. Um, If you are watching on Facebook, please move over to YouTube. YouTube. And let me put this up. Girl, let me tell you. Mm-mm. It's, it's, it feels bloody and it and it didn't hurt. It felt just felt like nastiness inside my brain, inside my head. You should not, no one should ever feel that. So yeah. So everybody, go to YouTube. If you're watching from Facebook, go to YouTube, WJBR Internet Radio. And then I can see your comments if you're commenting. Okay. So let us pull up right now the rapid fire. Let's see if we can get it. Since I'm doing so well um, cognitively, right? <laughs> Let's see if we can make it do what it do. Hmm. I think, by Jove, I think she's got it. Hey, it's Freddie Jackson, and you're in the building with Javon Timesake. Community. Family. Uh, community. Togetherness. Um, protection. Mm. Music industry. Fickled. <laughs> fickled. Fickled. Very fickled right about now. I think the music industry is trying to find their way. Love. Compassionately. Love. Compassionately. That's how I, that's how I give it. Compassionately. Women. Strong. Powerful. 
tenacious. So many things I can put up in there. Women necessarily needed mm-hmm. in the world. Children. Children, humble, joy. They bring a lot of joy to my life. Mm. And Javon, I'll pass it over to you. Thank you, Freddie. Mm-hmm. Sexy. Me. <laughs> Too sexy for myself. <laughs> Go on, Freddie. Church. Church embodied. Church refuge is my place of refuge. Black men get on my nerves. <laughs> 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 Andros. Beat him up. I'm going to Luther was inspiration. Mm-hmm. Was inspiration for me. He made me know that I can. He let me know that there was a place for me. Amen. And I ever be grateful. Amen. And Shaka Khan. She's every woman. <laughs> Show that we can put in rotation on our station from you. Oh, hell, to the no, that's that's a one. That's a one. I don't I get points? Let me stop. Actually, we need two drops. Oh, baby. Delicious. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah. 
Yes, he is. He is a whole entire mood. We have a caller, 8882. Are the last four digits of your number? What's your name and where you calling from? Good morning, Queen. This is Pastor Don Jr., CEO, calling from sunny Mesa, Arizona. It's very nice and chipper day. Good morning to all the listeners out there in WJVR Radio Land. Um, I got my son here with me. I got the winning team with me. We, we all here. We all calling in. I got people calling in from everywhere. That's what's up. Thank you so much. Now, let me ask you this. Have you um, checked this out on YouTube and seen the live stream? No, ma'am, I surely haven't. Okay, you got, fact, to get, um, you, got, you got to get on it. So for everybody who's listening, wherever you're listening from, wherever you're watching from or whatever, please hop over to YouTube and go to WJBR, Internet Radio. We're live streaming right now, and all of our watchers can actually hear you as well. Hey, man, go ahead, man, for the live stream. Y'all moving up. I see y'all waiting for the Twitch and we too to come drop that ball drop. Y'all went to the upper world? <laughs> we we doing something. We doing something. You know, we, we making it do what it do. So um, hey, I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm glad that the winning team is coming through. And um, always glad to hear your voice. I'm um prayerful that you continue your healing. I'm glad that you have come this far. I mean, from what you've been through. So that's just amazing. Hey, I'm glad you still got your platform open and you opening lines and you actually open the minds. So keep doing what you're doing. God smiles and sees. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Don. You are right. Yes, I'm out the way. Yeah, I'm moving out the way. I mean, you can see what's going on. All right. So if you get a chance, you know, go to YouTube. You'll love it, man. You'll love it. Matter of fact, if um, you were watching on YouTube, you would have seen that last clip that you were listening to was Freddie Jackson, who was on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So you get to see the people now as opposed to just listen. Hey, no, that's that's dope, man. You're upgrading. I'm, I'm with you. Like yeah. I always do, I'm bringing you traffic. So and, I, you know, the better the house so- looks. It's so funny. I was just um, sharing with, um, I call, you know, we, we call the people who, who listen, really, they're, for me, they're like family. These are my cousins. Um, but I think they are calling themselves hashtag the chatterboxes. Um, okay. But um, I was just explaining to everybody that I have been co-hosting with Therese, Monifa's wife, um, for so long now that it's weird when I do it alone. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I try right. to always get um, another guest. But I remember you used to listen to the show when I was doing the show alone. So um, yeah. it'd be interesting to see, you know, to hear oh, later well, on. I'm, I'm going to go back and watch the, I'm gonna watch the playback so I can get up to speed. You know, we, we got to have a conversation after the show. Make sure you reach out to me. I got a lot of stuff ready for 2022. A lot. Okay, that's cool, man. Let's do that. But thanks again for coming through. I appreciate you. Thank you too, Queen. All right, baby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is dope. You know, what a coincidence, right, LaVon? We were just talking about um, when I was doing the show alone, and it's it's so wonderful. The thing is that for a while, 
I was unable to figure out, again, to do the podcast that was on the telephone and this show and have them work together. And now, as you can see, I have both things going simultaneously. And, um, you know, it, it gets it gets better with time. You know, it gets better. All things. You, you just work on it. You grind it, you know. That's the other, you know, I'm probably another reason why I don't waste brain energy in arguing with people. I just don't. I can allow you to be wrong, but I'm going to stand strong and firm in my truth. Yeah, and baby steps. Absolutely, man. It took it took quite a while and what I'm talking about was 2017 is when I had that accident. You know? And and this is uh, excuse me. This is how far we have come, you know. Um it, it it's it's a great feeling um to be able to do the things that, that I'm doing, learn the things that I'm learning, relearn some things, you know. And Misty J typed in, baby steps lead to adult progress. I'm learning that. I get that 100%, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Freddie Jackson is still a cutie. He's adorable. He's dopeness. <laughs> You're a rock star, boobie. Okay. That would be me. I'm the rock star. No. Um that's that's Cheryl for those of you who don't get the support right there. That who that is. That's that's Cheryl. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you chimed in. And if if you're at the studio, tell Zachy sorry, uh, I won't be coming today. Oh, oh not. But you knew that, didn't you? You already knew. You knew. I'm not going to yoga today. It just feels like I, I need to be here to do some stuff. Um, LaVon says assertiveness does not require arguments. In fact, it is the antidote. Okay. Okay. All right. Which, which is, that's true. That is true, and that is very mature. Um and she did ask, didn't she? I'm I'm sorry. Tell her Tell her I'm flaky. I don't leave the basement, honestly. And I did leave the basement because it was your birthday. It was special. Okay. <laughs> okay, everybody's going on about hi to Cheryl. Girl, you need to get to yoga. Yeah, well, no. Yoga needs to get to me, okay? Ah, yes, Misty J, we both booby. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, okay, with the yoga. I'm a tree. I'm a tree. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I tried to do it. It just made me dizzy, and then with the with the the brain thing, it just made it really um 
difficult, even more difficult um, to do that. And so, you know, I, I just don't. Um, if it's all right with y'all, yeah, I did start. You know, no, let me stop. You know, I, I think about it. I think about doing it from time to time. I think about doing a lot of things, but I don't always do them. Um, just doing, just cleaning up is enough exercise for me, okay, when I do that. Jesus. Trees need oxygen, Misty J says. Got to exhale the negative energy. <sighs> it takes time, but you got a guru at home. Thing has nothing to do with the other. Misty J. Mm-mm. Just curious, cousin, says LaVon B. And I'm just reading it out loud for those listening on the podcast. What do you like about Reza's co-hosting style? You know what? I'm going to flip that and turn and, and put that question to you. What do you like about Reza's co-hosting style? That's not something I've thought about. Maybe you have. Maybe you should answer that question. Yeah, I'd like to know. You like? It's like asking me, what do I like about my show? Because Rez is a part of the show. But what do you like about Rez's co-hosting style? And what do you like about my co-hosting style? And what do you like about us as a team? including pop. Also, speaking of pop, we will be doing um, a basement after dark. Ooh. We're going to, to do that. We're going to, he's, he's away. When he comes back, we're going to talk about it and what it, but if you all have any input that you want to input, if you have any ideas, um, definitely it's going to be grown folks. So do not have your children hanging out when we are talking the talk. Um, we probably will have Dr. Simone with us. And I know you all like Dr. Simone. Um, Misty J says, I think you are a little timid when it comes to political issues because you believe you don't have enough knowledge on the subject. Um, I th- Okay, so I am, I do get a little timid discussing politics because I don't enjoy discussing politics. Um, I don't have all of the facts, and none of us do, because what they do behind closed doors, those are the things that I would like details on before I state things as facts. Um, The things that I do know, I just, you know, and I don't want to be argumentative about it, argumentative, if that's the word. Um, Therese does pull things out of me. That's true. Absolutely. She gets me to say things that I 
would rather not say and argue about things that I would rather not argue about. Not argue in terms of fighting argue. I don't mean argue in terms of a, in a negative way. I mean, in any debate or discussion, you argue your points. Um, so it's not so much that I don't know stuff. It's that I don't remember details, which is a side effect of the TBI. It's like I can't, I've not regained my ability to remember all of the details, names, dates, and when aggressively asked, who did it? My brain, it shuts down, and I hate that. It's a new phenomenon for me. It's not new, new. I mean, it's, I guess, since 2017, but I've always been sharp like that, and now that I'm not, anymore um it's that's a little traumatic for me that i'm not able to pull the answers so i don't like being challenged like that so i my brain kind of it doesn't i think y'all y'all get what where i'm coming from with that so because there's something going on in the world right now that really has me upset Right? Yes, yes. That's when pop that see, and that's teamwork makes the dream work. I really wouldn't take it that far. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't take it that far. I, I. I wouldn't take it that far. But I. I get where where you're going with that. Um, she does she does get me to engage in conversations with her that I would not engage with other people. But that has more to do with um, our friendship and uh, mutual respect. And um important to me that she understands why I, what I think. And and it's important to me because I actually care about our our friendship. If I don't care, I, trust me. If I don't care about people and stuff, I, I'm not going to engage like that. I'm just not. So, yeah. You you feel me? Like if somebody says, God forbid. The former president was the best president of the United States. And there's somebody wearing a red hat with white lettering on it. Say, you know what? You might be right. And everybody else who believes that, matter of fact, he just said that that y'all should start trying to jump over the, the, the George Washington Bridge because that's not really water down there. He said, that's like a big trampoline. You should go try it. You know, that's what he said. (laughs) You know, go ahead. You know, y'all tend to believe everything he said. I heard that he said, you know, jump off the bridge because, you know, it's it's bigly good to do that. You know, I, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. But I do care about the messages that we give here, that we put out. And um, I do care that the information that we provide is 
factual and truthful. And so that's why I don't like to do that. Right now, of the mindset that because, okay, first of all, the last administration left this country in such a freaking debacle. It's almost like Obama inherited a really, really bad economy. We all know that. He flipped it and turned it around. I believe everybody knows that. And if you don't know it, you should know it. And if you don't believe it, look it up. Okay? Um, but this administration inherited not only a terrible economy, but a, a disease that's killing people, plague or whatever, um, people trying to overturn the government. I mean, it's just crazy, right? So, but wait, before you, before you go, let me, let me share this with you. Before you go, before you go, let me share this with you. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Ruby Freeman. This really quickly. Okay. So Ruby Freeman's daughter worked as, was a poll worker for the election. Right in 2020, that's she would would do it every year. I think we all know people who volunteer to work at in the election polls, right? And um, her daughter got her to do it and said, "Mom, we need more people." Blah blah blah. Her daughter loved to do it, loved to help the people. Blah blah blah. Ruby did it, and they they are from Georgia, and um. She's on video doing as instructed, pulling out the ballots from under the table, putting them on the table, and counting them in um, clear view. That's what she was instructed to do. Trump got on the telephone with that uh, the election guy from Georgia, see, I can't remember names and stuff, and started telling him that that video was evidence of fraud, that she had a whole suitcase full of fake ballots and da-da-da. So that kind of rhetoric about that woman and her daughter got out through um, those the Trumper media, and the woman had been harassed. And on, on January 6th, while there were people – at the Capitol, there were also people at this woman's home trying to drag her out and do a citizen's arrest. I'm not as Alexa is telling me anyway. Um, so let me just let me just share this with you all and um. Then then um. I tried to cut it up in a way that made it as brief as possible because, again, I can't explain it. But I'm really upset about this because this is a woman who's 62 years old. People are coming for her, and nobody's doing a damn thing. That was going to come to her, if they were there acting on their own behalf, that's potentially a crime. If they were there on behalf of the Trump administration or the Trump campaign, well, that's already under investigation 
by the Fulton County DA's office. And by the way, I should tell you that as far as this threat that Kanye West's crisis manager lady said she was there to protect Ruby Freeman from, the threat that in 48 hours people were going to come to Ruby Freeman's home and disrupt her freedom. So let me just stop there for a second. So it just turns out <laughs> that this woman, two days on, on January 4th, 48 hours before um, the insurrection and before the people swarmed her house, um, this woman named Travion Cootie went to Ruby's house and told her that people were going to come for her and that Ruby needed to confess that she tried to steal the election, that she was guilty of election fraud, or she was going to be arrested, and nobody was going to be able to protect her, and they were going to do this to her, and she needed to come out and say this. And Cootie said that she represented um, some high-profile figure, but she wouldn't say who, and then she was going to do this, and she, you know, people were going to do this and, and do that to her. Meanwhile, this is, this is like... Um, 48 hours, within 48 hours of the insurrection, right? So they, and they did end up coming for her. So I can't really explain it. That's why I have, um, what's her name? Rachel Maddow and a little Joy Reid. I tried to split it up a little bit, but this, this right here has me upset. So I just wanted to, to give you a little background. Here's the rest of it. Well, According to a lawsuit that Ms. Freeman and her daughter have, have filed against the right-wing website that originally publicly identified them and that put them in danger, a crowd of people, a crowd of Trump supporters did descend on Ms. Freeman's house on foot and in cars, yelling at her through bullhorns just 48 hours after she got that stark warning that it was going to happen. That was what happened at her home on January 6th at the same time pro-Trump rioters were ransacking the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., Ms. Freeman was not actually at home on January 6th when the crowd descended on her house. She had fled her house on the advice of the FBI. She wouldn't return home for two months. But you know what? Other than the warning to leave her home, it doesn't appear that law enforcement, federal, state, or local law enforcement, has done much to help or protect Rudy, Ruby Freeman and her family against all of these threats and all of these efforts to intimidate and harass her. Officers about the threats, while she was there, her phone buzzed nonstop with menacing calls. Freeman says an officer answered more than 20 of the threatening calls. In response to Freeman's at times panicked emergency calls to 911, Cobb County officers went to her home multiple times, but police officials never opened investigations into the threats that she faced. Ruby Freeman said yes. Maybe she would be safe at the police station. She did need protection from this kind of stuff. And that, to me, that's a sort of gut-wrenching, heartbreaking part of all of this. I mean, the citizenship of Ruby Freeman and her daughter is so clear through all of this, right? Her daughter loving to be the face of the elections office in Fulton County, helping her fellow citizens vote, happy to explain any, uh, any questions or concerns with any voters receiving their absentee ballot applications or needing any other assistance from the voting office. She loved doing that. Asked her mom to fill in as election worker. We need more folks to come in and work. Mom, come in and work on election day. And her mom decided she would come in 
and work on Election Day. All that up through and including Ms. Freeman turning to the police repeatedly because she, she needed someone to protect her. She trusted that they would protect her. But not a single person has been charged or, as far as we can tell, even investigated for what has been done to her life. Good evening, everyone. We begin the readout tonight with a frightening display of intimidation. That what you're about to see and hear is just one of the many threats that Georgia election worker Ruby Freeman received after being falsely accused by Donald Trump of rigging votes in the state against him. I cannot say what specifically will uh, take place. I just know that it will disrupt your freedom. That video is part of a nightmare story detailed in two must-read reports from Reuters today, which shed new light on the disturbing power of the big lie. The video, which was recorded at a police station by a body camera, shows the 62-year-old Freeman with a woman named Trevian Cuddy. She's the one who threatened Freeman that people were going to disrupt her freedom. And as unbelievable as it may sound, Cuddy has been identified by Reuters as a publicist for hip-hop artist Kanye West, who's friends with Donald Trump. Cuddy showed up on Freeman's doorstep earlier that day, claiming she was sent by a, quote, high-profile individual to give Freeman an urgent message, confess to Trump's voter fraud allegations, or people would come to her home in 48 hours and she would go to jail. That's why they agreed to meet at a police station, where Cuddy put Freeman on the phone with someone who tried to get Freeman to implicate herself in committing voter fraud on Election Day. Despite their attempt to intimidate her, Freeman refused to confess to something she didn't do. But the scariest part is that according to Freeman, the FBI called her the next day and urged her to leave her home of 20 years because it wasn't safe. Freeman describes in a lawsuit how she left hours before a mob of angry Trump supporters surrounded her home, shouting through bullhorns. Since then, she's moved from house to house in fear for her safety. As disturbing as that is, it is just one part of the Trump-fueled intimidation effort that's been waged against Freeman and against election workers like her. She was put through a living hell, and yet the threats have not been investigated by local police or state authorities, according to a review of Georgia law enforcement records. It is clear evidence of how the big lie trickled down among Trump's devotees before culminating with the siege of January 6th. And to help me flesh that out, as well as some other things that are going on politically, um, I think you all recall how enthused I was over this beautiful young lady who served in our military, is an amazing attorney, as well as a democratic hopeful politician hopefully we can make that happen or maybe she's not hoping it but i'm hoping it because i would love to see her representing repping for the people um miss pam keith how you doing i'm good how are you (laughs) i am so good and thank you so much for short notice yes 
there's nothing more powerful for me in the world than someone at such short notice saying, sure, that that just, that tickles my fancy. <laughs> How have you been? I've been good. I've been, I've been working really, really hard. Um, you know, my ministry is representing black women in the workplace and I've been suing the Metropolitan Police Department up, down and sideways for the way it treats black women police officers. And so I filed another case on Wednesday, uh, this one with respect to uh, black women in the uh, internal affairs department, you know, the police who police the police. Mm. Um, and uh, so it's been, you know, it's been getting a lot of traction in the media, but, you know, we have a systemic problem in our policing and, and part of that systemic problem is, is nurtured and, and, and facilitated by the treatment of black women police officers as second class citizens and treated any old kind of way. And I'm just not having it. So um, that's kind of been my ministry lately. Well, that's what's up. That's what's up. I have, I actually have a friend who is a black female, was an officer. She recently retired. And mm-hmm. um, there's some horror stories there. Absolutely. And they keep my phones are ringing off the hook because they see that I'm the one willing to get out in front of a camera and call the mayor out and call the chief of police out and call the attorney general out and call out anybody I need to. And they're all black, mm. right? They're supposed to be down for the cause. They're the ones that are going to paint Black Lives Matter on our streets, right? Yeah. But then they're going to turn around and, 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 and allow uh, white officials and even black officials to to treat black law enforcement officers like crap and i'm like Mm-mm. yeah i mean you may do it but i'm not going to be silent about it exactly see that's one of the things about black lives matter black lives matter only when all black lives matter and all matters yeah, I mean, I agree. I, and and I think that the concept of Black Lives Matter was not just about don't kill us on the street, right? It's about this concept of equality. And what I keep trying to get people to do and sort of the sort of underlying purpose of my life is to move people from this idea of equality or even inclusion to this idea of co-ownership. Right. This idea that I'd, to to include me is to say this is your enterprise and I'm and you're going to allow me to be there. And what I'm saying is that, no, 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 I am a co-owner because this enterprise looks like me. It is a part of me. I made it. I sacrificed for it. So it is partly mine. You're not including me in anything I already own. Mm. I'm glad that you said that because it, it also loans to a bigger picture about this country. Right. Mm. Um. We feel, I think, that we're not given the opportunity to participate in the country and this country, that country, but it's our country. It's ours. And, and part, of, part of this in our country, or the, the sickness of racism, is the negotiation between black people and white people. And there is consent on the behalf of black people to go along with a lot of crap that we should not go along with. Right. Nobody can make you feel like a second class citizen without your consent. They may treat you like one, but you don't have to think like one. Right. And you don't have to act like one. And a lot of times 
uh, a lot of our institutions and a lot of our situations are about the sense, you know, there are black people who mistreat other black people because they're so covetous of their position because they think that only one person can be there. And if it's only going to be one, it's got to be them. So they got to, they got to push down everybody else that could potentially knock them off the pedestal, but they still derive their sense of power by, by what white people will give them rather than the sense that they are inherently entrusted from their God with the ability to take it and own it too. Exactly. Um, I think that we don't necessarily understand the full force and the power of our vote. We sure don't. And that's why we're so sanguine and passive in this in this context of people working so damn hard to take it from us. And this is this is what terrifies me. I mean, you want to know what keeps me up at night? What keeps me up at night is how close to the abyss we really are in terms of our democracy. And it's really black people who saved us the first time. And and that's why the white people are working so hard. The white Republicans, not all white people, by the way, the white Republicans are working so hard to take the vote from us because we're the we're the we're the stopgap of democracy, period. We're it. And um, you know, the story that you had on about Miss Ruby Freeman and what was going on in Georgia, you know, the problem, you, you, you have to understand how the dots are connected. Rachel and Joy are talking about what Georgia did, but what Georgia did was permitted by the FBI. And who's running the FBI? Chris Ray. Who appointed Chris Ray? Donald Trump. Who has the power to get rid of Chris Ray and put a real FBI director in? Joe Biden. Why is Joe Biden not doing that? Your guess is as good as mine. He has the absolute right and authority to remove Chris Ray and replace him with someone. He just doesn't use the power that he has because he believes that it is just as much his responsibility to appease Republicans as it is to defend the democracy. But well, the problem is if you're appeasing Republicans, helps them destroy the democracy. Dude, you're beating yourself. Exactly. And that's something he just doesn't seem to be able to get his head around. And so if you're offended by what happened to Ruby, you should be offended by the FBI that's not dealing with it. You should be offended by Merrick Garland. You should oh, be offended yeah. by the DOJ that is failing at us in every conceivable way. And Joe Biden is literally sitting back and allowing DOJ to betray us because the head of DOJ is his pick. It's okay to have a bad pick. Just ask any NBA team. Sometimes you pick somebody and they don't work out. But yeah. Merrick Garland is, is, allow, is allowed to be ineffective and feckless because Biden isn't moving him out. And like I said, the, 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 the attorney general, just like the head of the FBI, serves at the pleasure of the president. If, if it pissed Joe off, he could absolutely remove it. And a lot of people come back and say, well, they wouldn't get approved by the by – the, who cares? Who cares if they if the GOP didn't actually approve Senate approval? Do you know how many people Donald Trump put into power without Senate approval? Exactly. Republicans too wed to norms that don't work anymore because the last team blew those norms out the water. Yeah. My beef, my beef is that the president has the power to turn all of this around and he's not doing it. Exactly. And nobody seems to be able to get through to him because he's stubborn. Old people tend to be stubborn. And look, don't get it twisted. I voted for Joe. I campaigned for Joe. I voted for Kamala. I campaigned for Kamala. I, I went door to door for them. I poured my heart soul into getting them elected. When they got elected, I did the happy dance. I was all over social media. I have been a Biden-Harris warrior, but my loyalty is to my people and my country and the Constitution far before it's ever to my party or any particular person in my party. I am not the opposite of a Trumper so in love with Joe Biden that I'm going to give him a pass for any everything. Exactly. 
I like Joe Biden as a person. I think he's a good man. I think he's really good at legislating. I think he has a good vision for trying to get things done. But is he a warrior for democracy and freedom? Hell no. Because if he is, he hasn't shown it yet. Exactly. And when we need him to show up on these issues, he's too busy trying to make nice with the people trying to kick our ass. And if you're helping the people kicking my ass, I can't put you in the friend compartment. Sorry. And time is running out. Time is we running out. We have to our democracy, not even that. And he's here diddling about BBB. I don't give what, what, what the hell do you think you can build back better if the foundation is crumbling? I, I'm just furious and frustrated and exhausted. And, and those who follow me on Twitter know that I'm tweeting nonstop 24-7, 365, trying to get people focused on this nexus of the problem. The problem is Joe Biden. Because he's the only one with the power to undo the problem. And he doesn't want to undo what the other team did. He wants to try to move on, and you can't do that. Because if you just move on from what they did, you enshrine what they did. Yeah. You submit what they did. You enable what they did. And what they're continuing to do. You got to be willing to undo it. And everyone's like, well, he knows things you don't know. Very true. But I know some things he doesn't know, too. I know what it's like to live in black skin. Mm. You know, so, my my thing is that there, and, and I, I feel you 100%. There's two major issues that I would like to see him do, take care of. That's voter, su- voter. voter su- suppression and the lynching act, the anti-lynching act. Those two things to me need to be paramount, and they. I think you're right, but you've got it wrong. Okay. The first thing you have to do is destabilize the Senate. Mm. The Senate is playing in a paradigm in which the left and white are equally matched because a whole bunch of criminals on the GOP side have not been prosecuted, have not been destabilized. So your deciding vote, Cinema and Mansion are straddling two teams that they think are evenly matched, and they're playing both teams against each other. That is a viable strategy when both teams are evenly matched. Right. That is not a viable strategy when one team is in serious legal jeopardy, turning on each other, cutting deals, infighting, unable to raise money. All of a sudden, that calculation changes. The reason I want Joe focused on the attorney general is because the attorney general is in the position to destabilize the, the, the playing field in the Senate. And yes, is that political? Yes. What is not political today? Stop telling me, oh, you shouldn't use the law to be political. Fuck you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Everything's political. The last team sure the hell used the attorney general for political aims. As his, as his personal attorney. He's definitely using the law for political aims. Yeah. So, so don't tell me, oh, well, they get to be political in everything you do, but you're supposed to look above political. I'm not above political. I'm not above a damn thing to save our Constitution. I agree. I agree. So that's what we need. We need Joe Biden to have the stones to actually remove Merrick Garland and put in a real prosecutor who will start destabilizing the GOP. When that happens, Cinema and Mansion will come home to the Democratic side. Why? Because defecting to the to Republicans will no longer be a viable option. Tish James, I'm just saying. Uh, and that's what I said. Appoint Tish James as Attorney General because that's who we need. Yeah. But at this point, 
Joe Biden is too busy twiddling his thumbs, praying that BBB will pass and Cinema and Mansion will, will do the reconciliation thing. They're not going to. They're going to run out the clock. And, and the other Recognize thing. Recognize running out the clock when you see it, dude. Recognize it. What they, he are, does, they are just mouth, mouth poop pieces to inaction. He doesn't understand that in as much as BBB is really nice and, and infrastructure is nice, those are not the things that are urgent to us. And he's not listening. And the thing is, he's watching his poll numbers, and he's looking at all this, and he's not listening. He told us he had us our back. I'm like, what is your definition of have my back? Let Republicans take my vote? Yeah. Let Republicans intimidate me? Let Republicans lynch me? That's your definition of having my back? Not on this planet, it's not. Why don't you ask me what having my back feels like instead of telling me you have my back? Exactly. Because I'm telling you, it doesn't feel like you do. And the thing is, I was willing to do just about anything to help you get into power. My expectation is that you're willing to do the bare minimum to keep my voting rights in place. And if the bare minimum is appointing an attorney general who will actually enforce the law against everybody, then I don't think that's too big of an ask. And if you're afraid of optics, dude, you need to be a lot more afraid of GOP power than optics. You are enabling them to win instead of stopping them from winning and hoping that we will vote you out of your folly like we did the last time. Yeah. Don't ask me to vote you out of your folly. I gave you the power to fix this situation. Don't ask me to vote for you because you didn't use the power I gave you. Exactly. And and it, therein lies the conundrum. You know, Dresha, I hope I pronounced your name right, Ms. Bailey. You are not wrong. I think <laughs> I need you to be in office. I, I okay. I, and it's not like I didn't try. I know. I everything I have. And but I, but I the reason I am not in office, and I want people to understand this completely, the reason I am not in office is not because of the Republicans defeating me. It's because the Democrats didn't want to support and fight to be in office. Mm. And the reason they did not want to support and fight, I mean, they, this congressional seat got more than $3 million in DCCC money in 2018 when the nominee was a white female. When the nominee mm. was me, they gave me $0.00 and zero cents. So the Democrats didn't want me in power. It wasn't the Republicans that didn't want me in power. It was the Democrats who didn't want me in power because they knew that they could not control me. Mm. I am not. The word on the street is Pam is not a team player. And they're right. I'm not. I'm a team leader. It's a different concept. (laughs) I love that. But I am so much more loyal to my people and to my country and to my oath of office than I will ever be to my party. They know this. Everybody knows this. I'm willing to say anything. Now, if they were really smart, they would have brought me in the fold because you're a whole lot more likely to keep me in check in the fold than you ever will be outside. But it is what it is. I always think that things happen for a reason. So as disappointing as it was and frustrating as it was to be in the battle and understand that my team was not going to come help me fight, I also have to trust God and everything happens for a reason. And I am to a certain extent really grateful that I am not inside the fold silenced like everybody else. And that I'm outside the fold, freely able to use my voice to advocate for the people. Because now is the time that I think you have to be bold and you have to be fearless. And you have to be and use everything you've got to move the needle in favor of the people. Exactly. Because everything right now is on the line. And I don't think the thing that's so frustrating for me and one of the reasons why I'm committed to continuing to bring you on and 
I still haven't had an opportunity to to do what I intend to do 100%, but I'm I'm going to do it. Anyway, um one one of the reasons why I'm committed to um having your voice out there is because I like and and I not only that I like the way you present the the truth, the facts and the the sense of urgency that's necessary, but I think that you have a way of saying things that may get someone to move. You may be able to push one or two people hearing it from you because you're you're informed and you're powerful. And look, I don't know. You know, the thing is, I never, I never factor in efficacy into my choice, right? I don't care if it works. Mm-hmm. I just got to do everything I can. Right. All I can do is swing as hard as I can swing to the best of my ability. Right. And what it actually ends up doing out there in the universe is really not in my control. Yeah. Well, people, right. people don't get it right now. I don't think that people, people, okay. The same way people marched for Mr. Floyd, we should be out there marching right now because this shit is insane. Right, but it wasn't just people. I mean, people were driven by a sense of outrage, but that was driven by our young people. And our young people are are willing to express their outrage, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily willing to join institutions, especially institutions that work to exclude them. Mm -hmm. They're not all that patient with that kind of crap, right? And they're definitely not going to play the interior baseball of party politics. That's just not something they understand or respect or really want to be a part of. And yet they don't understand how their unwillingness to play the game that way forecloses them from the halls of power. Like, you know, and because at the end of the day, it's not the marchers in the street that are changing the laws. It's the people who get elected that are changing the laws. And I wish with every fiber of my being that I was more effective at connecting those dots for our young people, because the thing is, they have everything they need to make this country look like exactly what they want it to look like. They outnumber the oldsters, and that number is going to get bigger, not smaller. I am an oldster. I want you to outnumber me because I want my country to look like your values, not my generation's values, your generation's values. Yes. They're better. Yes. They're better. Yes. Well, this- I want y'all to take over, and I want to help y'all take over, but you have to take over through, through insurrection. You got to bum rush the enterprise, right? You got you to gotta infiltrate. So right. be more specific about that. When you say insurrection and infiltration, what are you talking about? I'm talking about running for office at every level. I'm talking about organizing around the big money and, and under because the money is supposed to get you votes, but you can get votes for free. And y'all have mastered the ability of changing public. The thing that I love about young people is that they think laterally, right? Like the way they blew up Donald Trump's big rally by just buying tickets on or, or reserving tickets online. That is a lateral way of thinking. I was like, yes, yes that was crazy. That was right? I love insane. the way love and it's global the way the young people move globally. They move trans- they move intersectionally. They move uh, without restraint. They move quickly. They're so fast in responses to something. Their ability to shape public opinion is second to none. They are incredibly powerful. And yet somehow they get foreclosed from the halls of power. Like how is it that every that only young people decide what people think about wages and somehow David Perdue was the one running for Senate? It's insane. Mm. Because they, but the thing is that young people have contempt for the 
institution of the Senate because it looks like David Perdue. Mm. They still have not quite grasped that the Senate could look like that. That is what we're fighting for, is the mechanisms that would make the Senate look like Callan Kaepernick instead of David Perdue. The Senate could look like LeBron James. The Senate could look like me and Javon over here, right? Like it could with your determined assertion that it will, right? And the problem is that young people don't seem to have sort of the longitudinal staying power to change an institution. They flash and they can get a lot done with those flashes, but they don't stay with it and they don't, they don't usurp. They don't have that creeping amoeba movement kind of thing. Mm. And they could. And that's what frustrates me is that it's not me that's going to have to live with this GOP nonsense. It's you that's going to have to live with that. And so if you don't want to live with that, run for city council, run for student government, run for be a leader in every level that you can, run for school board, run for supervisor of elections, run for, uh, you know, like in Texas, they have this thing called the, the railway and, and gas board like run for all of the obscure offices there should not be a single office in your county or your state that does not have somebody under 35 running for it this is true. I don't know what it is and the other thing i mean you just hit on something else when you look at the senate and and you look at joe biden these are creepy old men they're oldsters and they're they're way older than me and i'm old as hell so <laughs> You wear it well. You wear it well, Pam. I don't want want people stuck in the 1950s making decisions about what the 2030s are going to look like. How about that? And and the problem is the people who are going to live in the 2030s and be hitting their adult years in the 2030s are sitting back and deferring to the judgment of people like David Perdue, like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema and people like that. And these are not, first of all, they're not good people, let alone good decision makers. Right. And you cannot be a good decision maker if you're not a good person. If you're morally untethered, you're going to make bad decisions. And I am saying that these people are morally untethered. They're not grounded in what is right. They're grounded in what is right now. And that's not the same thing. Yes. Ms. Matthews says, stuck in an antiquated psyche. Yep. Absolutely. Stuck in a paradigm where we all should be grateful for the little crumbs that are thrown at us by the wealthy. Do not tell me that this country is not classist. Yes, it is. Oh, absolutely. Yes, it is. And class plays as much a role because, and, and you know what, you know where it plays the biggest role is that the entire ecosystem around our politics is, is, is concentrated in the hands of college educated suburban white people. And so that's how they, they, they center that in all of their decision making. Not that they're bad people, but they do value the votes of, of college educated suburban white people over all other kinds of votes. And it's reflected in our politics. It's reflected in our polling. Our polling is terribly skewed. It is mm-hmm. terribly skewed. Yeah. Well, who are you polling? You stupid questions in a stupid way by stupid people who don't understand what it's telling them. And by the way, it's not reliable because people lie to pollsters all the damn time. I'm sorry, but we have a very unsophisticated analytical scheme here in our politics on the left. The right is far more analytical and sophisticated because it doesn't rely on polling. The right relies on consumer data. 
totally different. Yeah. They, 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 they rely on the information they buy from your solitaire game on your phone app that tells them exactly where your movements are. Yeah. They're, they're also willing to be dirty, to get dirty, to lie, steal, cheat in order to not only obtain information, but to put out wrong information and to help you, to make you believe whatever it is that it benefits them for you to believe. And none of it has to be true. Devon, you just, you just said a word there because let's, let I mean, one of the things that my father does and my father and I do, we bond over, we watch old documentaries, especially about World War II because we're both Navy and so dad loves to watch these documentaries about World War II. And we looked at Third Reich was willing to do, how many people they were willing to kill to get what they wanted. And I, I want to harken back to when COVID hit and how people were willing to sacrifice lives to 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 protect Donald Trump's reelection mm-hmm. and to and his and his political narrative. I want you to truly think about the moral thread of a person who could literally say, "I don't care if Americans die, so long as I can claim the following." Mm. Doesn't matter what it is, right? Mm. I don't care. I can claim the following. Right. And it's remarkable to me how much Third Reich thinking is is absolutely reflected in our current times. You have to watch these documentaries carefully to look at the steps and the and the and the things that they did and the things that they said and the, the way they manipulated people and the way they brought them into the fold and the way they pushed out people outside of the fold and it just it's 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 so it's so on point and people are like well it's not fair to compare republicans to the nazis so it's like yes it is yeah it is actually yes. it is it, 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 i don't people are saying it's wrong because it minimizes what happens to jews i am in no way minimizing what happens to the jews i'm not saying that what we have now is tantamount to the to where the third reich uh you know ended up going i'm not saying that We've only hit like 600,000 dead Americans. We're nowhere near 6 million, right? Like we're not there, but we're on the same path. We have, a, we have a team that has embraced that playbook. And I'm not going to let you shut me up about that because you're offended that the score isn't the same now as it was then. You're right, but you're using the same playbook. Yeah. You're using the same techniques and methodologies. You're using the same goals. And I'm just not going to be silent about that, and you're not going to shame me about that, and I sure the hell I'm not going to let you call me anti-Semitic about that. Right? Yeah. No, I'm not anti-Semitic in any way, shape, or form. I'm not diminishing what happened in any way, shape, or form. Right? I'm simply saying that the instincts that got people there are reflected right now. Same instinct, same grounding, same goal, same methodology. And I'm calling it out. And the thing is, I stopped giving a damn about people not liking what I say a long time ago. So you're not going to shame me into not saying it. You're not going to intimidate me into not saying it. It needs to be said.
You're absolutely right. You know, if you have somebody that you can say, you can look at what Hitler did in his early days, his first attempted coup, and people laughed at him and or, or thought he was this or that. And then you look at, you compare that to what the former guy did and attempted to do, to do. It's very similar. It's a, it's, it's it's almost identical. Different. It's almost like he read the playbook, and and just because he hasn't made it to where Hitler made it doesn't mean that he wasn't doing the same exact thing. And he's going in the same direction. And he's, he's still trying. He's still he's still working on it. So at the end of the day, I call it like I see it. And and again, my loyalty is to my people. My loyalty is to this country, to this constitution, to this rule of law. It is not to the party. It is not to one person. Right? And it's not self-aggrandizing. I'm not trying to make myself rich or famous. I'm trying to use what tools God gave me to their best and most positive effect. Yeah. And I feel like if I do that every day, then at the end of my life, my maker will say, well done, my good and faithful child. That's all you can ask for because you don't get to take any of that material stuff with you. Right. I mean, you, you do your best. You do your best. And, and it's, again, like you said, it's the outcome is not, desired i mean is 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 not the the goal or it is a goal but you know what i mean it's like it doesn't matter what the outcome is it what matters is the journey what you do how you what you're trying to do do. all you can do is your effort all you can do is your best and you know who taught me that lesson who's that think way way back harriet Mm. think about harriet Yes. Think about what she faced. Yes. Think about her time. Think about the obstacles. Think about the odds. She could only help onesies and twosies. Yeah. I'm sure she wanted to help them all. Oh, but, absolutely. And, and I'm sure she started helping some that bailed. And I'm sure she had some some trips planned that had to get canceled. And I'm sure uh, there were huge setbacks and losses and failures. Um but every time I feel like my effort didn't pay off, I, I didn't get what I wanted, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, every time I started to feel like that, I was like, well, I'm real glad Harriet didn't give up when it didn't work out the way she wanted it to. Exactly. And she happens to be my favorite historical figure. And Mine too. And, 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 yeah, I, I'm, I just wanted to say that something that she said resonates with what you just said, which was one time she was being interviewed and they talked about how many people she had helped to free. And she said, I could have freed a lot more if they had only known they were slaves. So I can't, you're right. I love that quote. And you and I are are of of a mind on this. Every time I get frustrated about how difficult my road is and how challenging my life is and how frustrating things are and you know I, I see other people get flowers and I'm like well, why am I not getting those flowers I always tell myself look think about the ancestors think about the ancestors think about what they went through to get us here and there was no guarantee that that was going to work mm. 
there was no guarantee that marching across that bridge in Selma was going to turn out. There was no guarantee when Martin got on that stage that he was actually going to convince people of a damn thing. Right? There was no guarantees whatsoever that that Civil War thing was going to go our way because it could have very easily gone the other way. It really did turn on a handful of critical battles that could have gone the other way. And so I don't need a guarantee of success to swing hard. Exactly. You know, you just brought to mind two more things. I love this. I love this. Okay. Um, The first thing is again, Harriet Tubman. She's always forever in my mind. Um, But, as we know, she she worked for the Army, for the Union mm-hmm. Army. Fine. And at, for pay, as pay, sometimes they would give her extra food or extra clothing or, you know, a little extra something. And she knew that the other black people who were amongst them – might become jealous, might see that as her thinking she's higher than them or better. So everything that she was given, she gave to them. She gave it away so that she was never seen as having more or her, that that was not her goal. Right. And she understood the thinking, you know, so that's the first thing. Um, You can't take it with you. You, 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 on a mission. And the other thing that you brought to mind is one of my favorite sayings is be worthy of the bullet that's coming to get you. So what exactly I mean when I say that is when you think of people like Martin, Lincoln, anybody who tried to make a difference and and whereas it shifts the the it it shifts the way something is going on, like something powerful people, you know, are doing. And you're you're making a difference. You're you're fighting to make a difference, whether it works that way or not. You they're gonna kill you. They're gonna come for you. They're gonna come for you. You're gonna die if it's well, something anyway. Not. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm hoping they don't well, come to right, kill you. You know, right? But they, they but, might. But they, mean, they may. I mean, I got plenty of death threats right. when I was running for office. So, there you go. I mean, so it's and, not and, like I and, didn't know. I, it's, yeah, you gotta be prepared for them coming. Right. To you. But so, right, so yeah, the thing true. is, you know what? You know what? They could kill you simply because you're a black woman walking down mm-hmm. the street. But you don't want to just be. I mean, nothing, there's nothing wrong with being a black woman, but you want to be so, – they could kill you because of your beliefs. Absolutely. Then, but, but it's not just that. But, but, but so, so then don't, don't – What the point is, don't just believe it. Fight for it. Fight for it. And then make noise for it, right? Make noise about it. Like, I had written this, this marriage equality song. Mm-hmm. People could kill me for being gay. You know, they don't like that. They don't kill you. I'm, you're gay. I'm not just going to be gay. I'm going to write a song about it. Oh, people listen to the song. All right. I'm not just going to write a song about it. I'm going to do a, a video about it and send it out to everybody. Oh, you don't like that? Good. Now I'm going to have a big concert and have a marriage equality rally. And now laws change. If you're going to kill me, don't just kill me because I'm gay. 
kill me because I'm trying to do something to change the world. Right. And I think I I I love that. that. First of all, I respect that so much. Be worthy of the bullet. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for activists like you because my brother wouldn't be living his best self and best life without people like you. So thank you. All right, brother. And, but I will say this, you know, we have the saying in and amongst us church going black people because it's to whom much is given, much is required. Yes. And sometimes we get it twisted. We think that that's about tithing or we think about that's giving. I was like, no, 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 no. It's about the talents that God gives you. If God gives you a gift and a talent and experience and exposure, a capacity, you should be using that to make things better for others. Right. That's what you should be using your gifts and your talents and your capacities for. I was given so many opportunities. I was given an education. I have two graduate degrees. I speak all these languages. I've lived all over the world. I've advocated for the biggest companies and enterprises in our country. They've hired me to be their spokesperson and their, and their warrior. And I'm like, okay, great. Look at all of this training that I've got. What am I going to put my training and experience to? What is its highest purpose? And I can think of no better higher purpose than to use everything that I have gathered and garnered and, and, and honed over all these years to the service of my community. Mm. That's the best thing I can do with myself. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I think I, I, don't, I wouldn't know how to start a new party and this would be a bad time to do it um, because despite um, Biden's inaction, it's, it's the team we got. It's what we got. And we have got to ensure the House and the Senate, because at least we'll have a chance. Right. We have a chance with the Democrats in power. We right. have no chance with the Republicans. And it's existential, right? So don't get it twisted. I'm telling everybody to vote, register to vote, vote Democratic, be prepared to vote, be prepared to stand in line for 20 hours to vote, be prepared to fight for every vote, be prepared to compare your signatures, get ready to vote, make sure you're registered, you're, everything is updated and kosher and copacetic. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you that. I'd be mad as hell at John, Joe Biden. I'm going to still tell you to vote for him because the option is, is there is no option, right? Mm-hmm. But that in no way, no shit, how is going to silence me from calling out failure to yeah. back up and defend the rule of law. I'm not going to be silent about it. I'm not silent because I want to hurt him. I'm, I'm, I'm not loud because I want to hurt him. I'm not critical because I want to hurt him. I'm not critical because I want to see him lose. I'm no. trying to change his opinion by changing the opinions of people around him. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm paid to do. I'm paid to persuade people and change opinions. That's what I do. It's the only tool I have. So I'm going to try to change opinions. That's how I get anything done. So people are like, why are you being so critical of Joe Biden? I mean, you know, the Republicans are criticizing him, and he really needs people supporting him. I'm like, look, you want to talk about his accomplishments? I'm happy to do so. And I'm a rah-rah him on BBB, the part that's tough. I'm a rah-rah him on COVID. I'm going to rah-rah him on all kinds of stuff because I, I think he's a good man. I'm going to rah-rah him on the decorations at the White House. You want him with kudos and praise? <laughs> yeah. I'm giving Yeah, right. I'm not withholding kudos and praise from him. Right. But that doesn't make his inaction okay. That's true. Right? And you're like, I want him to be successful because his success means my survival. Exactly. So, so you know what's important, though, Pam, and, and I'm glad that you said that because we could go on and on about how important it is that he move his ass and, and get some things done. The, I, I, I'm so disappointed 
I, I really am. I, w- I want to make that clear. However, at the same time, people keep inboxing me these anti-Joe, anti-Kamala um, videos that are dangerous only because if people don't, because it's not at the same time explaining that regardless of the fact that they're not doing what we need them to do, they're who we have right now and we need them in 2022 so that we at least have a chance. Exactly. I don't, I don't spend my time trying to explain why people shouldn't vote or shouldn't vote for Joe or Kamala or, or, or should lose heart. Right. Because losing heart is how you lose everything else. Right. No, (laughs) especially now. Yeah. Right. Especially now. So I don't want people to, I don't want people to feel like that's my ministry. My thing is that I have a certain window of time to convince Joe Biden to act and I'm going to do everything I can. So that even if I'm not successful, I can look at myself in the mirror and say, well, girl, you did all you could. Yeah. Right. You, you showed up, you fought hard, you, you used your voice, you voted, you gave money, you went to the Hill, you tried to, you wrote op-eds, you, you know, like whatever you could do, you did short of, of violence, which is never something I take up. That's not something I do unless, provoked you know like unless i'm unless somebody's coming for me and 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 mine i'm not that violence ain't my thing um but i'm going to use everything i can and and every tool in my toolkit and and every phraseology and turn of phrase that i can come up with to try to change someone's opinion uh, because that's my that's my weapon. My weapon is my mind and my and my ability to frame arguments. That's what I that's the gift that God honed in me. So that's what I'm going to use, and I'm going to keep on doing it. And and I'm hoping that He will pleasantly surprise me. Nothing is more delightful than somebody actually coming through the way you want them to. It's the greatest thing in the dang world when yeah. somebody does. Exactly. Right? Because we've been so disappointed and so angry and so hurt over the last five years, we really believe that Joe was going to be this avenging warrior for righteousness. I, I, and he's so yeah, like, yeah. This is like, oh my God, dude, really? You really want to talk about roads and bridges? I don't want you to focus on roads and bridges that we're about to hand over to the Republicans to control. Exactly. It's on keeping things out of Republicans' hands, please. I don't care whether we have good roads or bridges at the yeah. moment. I care about whether or not we have voting rights at the moment. Yeah. And see, the, thing, the thing that's really pissing me off is that there's this thing called what I call natural politics, right? Or perhaps the opposite, unnatural politics. Natural politics is when you are a Democrat, you are aligned with Democratic policies, you please your Democratic base, you please your Democratic donors, you are doing things in orthodoxy of being a Democrat. And then there's unnatural politics. Unnatural politics is when you are doing something very contrary to what your ecosystem is asking you to do, right? Unnatural politics are unnatural because something is happening to make you do something contrary to what your ecosystem wants you to do, Hmm. right? Now, it may be some deeply held personal belief. It could be uh, bribery. It could be be, uh, you got money from some interest. Something interceded to pull you away from your natural politics. And right now, Joe Biden is behaving in unnatural politics. Right. Because his base is screeching at him to do things. And it's not just that he's not doing them. He's not even acknowledging this, the screeching. Mm, yeah. 
natural politics would be for him to say, I hear you, I'm concerned about this, I trust Merrick Garland, or I trust Chris Ray, or I have a plan, or we need to, to, to do things in the right way. The natural politics would tell him that he needs to come out or address this some way, because the natives are getting restless, right? And he knows the natives are getting restless. The polling is showing him that the natives are getting restless, right? And it's not like he's a stupid man. So something unnatural is happening on Capitol Hill between the Hill and the White House. Something very unnatural is happening. And because I don't understand what that is, it terrifies. It terrifies me because it's unnatural. There are a lot of natural politics things that I don't like, but at least I understand. Right? And it's not frightening if you understand it, and you can plan and strategize around it if you understand it. What is happening with Joe Biden right now is not natural politics. I understand the not natural politics of cinema and mansion. I understand that because A, they're not good people. B, they're getting so much money from the GOP. And C, they think they can play both sides. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not Biden. Biden's not getting money from the GOP. He's not trying to straddle those parties. And he's ignoring his base. That is unnatural. And not only that, but he's ignoring his base to the detriment of control of the House and the Senate. So then what the is fuck is going on? I'm sorry for the, I'm sorry. What is going on? What? I, I, help me under, understand it. I can't. And that's part of my anxiety. My anxiety is that Joe Biden's behavior is unnatural politics. And it's unnatural politics in a way that I cannot explain. I can't get my head around. And what I'm being told is it's just his temperament. He's trying to make nice with the GOP. It's just a temperament. But I just don't buy that anymore. I'm not buying that his temperament is that vested that he literally cannot see his team losing the House and the Senate when every pundit on the Hill is saying, you're about to lose the House and the Senate. Talk to me about your girl. Your sorority. Oh, come on. Yes. Kamala, Kamala. I don't, I don't, to me, I think that's a complete distraction. You know, it's a distraction because... We didn't expect her to be treated fairly. She's not being treated, treated fairly, so what? Like, Hillary Clinton got raked over the coals of her emails. Am I surprised that she's getting raked over the coals of her copper pot? No. no. Right? right? $300. Barack Obama got raked over the, hill, over the coals of her pantsuits and Tucson lessons. I, I, you know, I don't care. We are, we are distracting ourselves by what Kamala is or is not doing. Is it true that Joe Biden is not treating Kamala the way Obama treated him? Yes, that is true. But also it is true that white people fear Kamala Harris far more than black people fear Joe Biden, right? So there was really no loss. In fact, there was big upside for for Obama to give Biden top billing. Mm -hmm. Biden knows that moderate white people are terrified of Kamala. So he's trying to keep a lid on all of that anxiety amongst mm. suburban white people. Like it's I said, true. everything on the Hill, everything on the Hill circulates around the psychic comfort of suburban white people. You understand that you understand every move that's being made on the Hill. He doesn't, he doesn't think black people are going to turn on him because he's, he's, he's tapped, you know, he's, he's contained Kamala. She's still the vice president. What's the downside there? Yeah. That, yeah. So there's nothing going on with Kamala that's not natural politics. Everything going on with Kamala is natural politics. I completely understand it. It doesn't give me anxiety because I understand it. Right. I do not understand Joe Biden and, and Merrick Garland. What's going on with Ray Garland and, and Biden is unnatural politics. Yeah. And when it's unnatural politics, that's when you need to be afraid because some 
type of element is out there that you don't know, understand, got a grip on or whatever. And because of that, it can surprise, it can harm you and you can't see it coming. I just want to put it out there um, because a lot of our listeners, followers, and some of the stuff that has come into my inbox, my DM, um, they don't understand a simple truth that you just said, which is that white folks are afraid of Kamala Harris. If you take, if you take a look at Kamala as a senator, on as she addressed any of those question and answering sessions in Congress, you'll see exactly why she wasn't taking any of their stuff, and she was hitting them with the questions, and they were stuttering beneath her because she was I don't she's think a, you need to worry yeah, about her yeah i think it's a distraction don't worry yeah. about her because first of all she doesn't vice presidents don't have that much power to begin with that's why i wanted her as attorney general right like yes. back in the day, day when he was deciding i was like i don't want her as vp because that's a nothing job put yeah. her as attorney general where she can really make a difference and you know whatever and she but, would have i believe and she would have i mean right so but we've already had a black female attorney general that's not breaking the ceiling whatever 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 i i think we're getting way caught up in some nonsense People want oh, us talking about that Kamala. Makes sense. Think of it. But yeah, whatever. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it comes down to this. Everybody fears Kamala being framed as an angry black woman because everybody buys into the notion that everybody in the world gets to be angry but black women. So Kamala is not the person who is going to challenge that like I did, right? Like my political ethos was, hell yes, I'm an angry black woman. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm infuriated, by the way, and you should want me infuriated because that's when I fight for you. Mm-hmm. But who died and said that the only thing black women can be is beasts of burden and silence? I have a right to be pissed off at what I see. At least I'm not bum rushing the Capitol when I get pissed off. Hello. But don't tell me I don't have the right to be angry or somehow it's a turnoff for you if I'm angry. You should be excited that I'm angry because I'm real effective when I am. Yeah. And that means that I'm going to come to the table swinging hard for you. But Kamala's not there. She's not at that place where she's going to embrace her angry black woman, right? She's still being told that she cannot come off as angry in any way, shape, or form, and so she's trying everything in her power not to be. That's okay. That's another approach. And. And not everybody can wear angry, joyous anger like I can. Like, I have this ability to be angry and happy and, and entertaining and swashbuckling at the same time, right? Not everybody can pull that off. This is true. But I can. But I did. So when people are like, well, what do you think about people who will call you an angry black woman? I'll be like, hell yeah, I'm angry. I'm angry about taxes. I'm angry about climate change. I'm angry about racism. I'm angry about wages. I'm angry about the cost of pharmaceuticals. I'm angry about people not having health coverage. I'm angry about COVID. I'm angry about Russia. I'm angry about Ukraine. I'm angry about a lot of shit. And I will not let you tell me I don't have a right to be angry because I have ovaries and brown skin. Ooh, that's true. Good point. So you're going to have to live with my rage. Oh well. Yeah, well, you know, rage has been earned. And the thing is, I'm gonna let you be angry too. So the thing is, the negotiation between you and me is you're gonna have to let me be angry. 
But the thing is, I'm letting you be angry too. And you being angry about those things means that I'm going to come to the table and work with you and parlay with you and negotiate with you, and we're going to make common cause to fix those things. Exactly. But telling me that the only way I can be elected, the only way I can get your vote is if I'm not angry about the things you're angry about? Fuck that. (laughs) That makes no sense at all. None. So I don't play that game. I'm playing. That's outrageous. It's not like I can't bring joy to the table, right? Like I have the full range of human emotions. I'm not an automaton. I can be angry. I can be sad. I can be happy. I can be furious. I can be hilarious. I'm a full rounded human being and I'm flawed and I'm imperfect and I've been rejected and I've been hurt and I have failed and I have lost. I have grieved like full rounded human being. I'm not a persona. I'm a person. And as such, I'm allowed to be all things that a person is. And you're going to have to accept me on those those terms. And if you can't, then I'm not going to get your vote. That's okay. You got my maybe vote. I'll, maybe I'll just wear you down over time. You'll just get used to me. And I'm, you know what? I'm going to do whatever's in my power. Not that I have that much power, but I probably have more power than I know and understand because most of us do. But I'm going to help you wear them down as much as I can. Because all I want to do is have the platform, Javon. That's well, all I want. All this, I want is a platform to reach people. If I have the platform to reach people, then I can engage them. And if I have the platform to engage them, then I, there's a small chance that I could persuade them. Maybe about me, maybe about some mission issue, or maybe even about themselves. Right? Because that's one of the things that I really do is I spend a lot of time telling people how badass they really are. Hmm. Well, this platform is yours. Whenever you need it, we could we we'll talk behind the scenes about that. Um, I I think that's another thing that I can do. So let's do it if that's something you'd like to do. Don't don't listen to her. I'm in charge. Oh, okay. I'm in charge. Oh, and and that's exactly why um, I wish Kamala would disarm people's fear of her. Mm. Because I think that's the only thing you can do. If you ignore or try to nurture the fear that somebody has or respond to the fear that someone has by tamping yourself down, you, I think that's a no-win situation. I think the way to, to, to confront the fear that people have in her, to bring it out and say, hey, I know some of y'all think that I'm the puppeteer behind Joe Biden and he is out there doing what I'm telling to do on the down low. I'm not Carl Rove, number one. And number two, Joe and I talk about things, but he's still the president. Exactly. He's my president, just like he's your president. And not yeah, only that, I really think that if if he was doing what she wanted him to do, he'd be doing a lot more. Exactly. That's the way she could disarm it, right? She could disarm it by saying, well, I wanted Joe, if it were my way, the White House would be like kid and played out. If it were my way, then it would look like this. Like if it were my way, it would be National Pink and Green Day. Like it's not my way. Yeah. And it's okay. Don't worry about it. My job is to be conciliary to the president. Yeah. It's not to make him do things my way. She could just own it take it over, defang it. But that's not the way that white suburban middle class college educated pundits think on the Hill. That's not the way they do anything. What white person have you ever seen just come on out and defang something? Yeah. 
So that's not the way they do. And so they don't appreciate that that's an option. And so they just keep telling her, no, 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 stay in your box and make sure you don't say anything offensive. Exactly. Right? Like, whereas you could be over the top offensive. Like, she could be all out in her pink and green kiwi self. And, 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 and people would find that more relatable and more authentic. And they would warm up to her and they would embrace her and they would have her back. And it would just, it could be a totally different vibe on the Hill. But the vibe right now is how do we appease Republicans? Because that's where Joe Biden's head is still at. Because he still thinks that appeasement is going to get him that BBB. It's not. And uh, believe me, a lot of people thought appeasing Hitler was going to get what they wanted to. Exactly. And let me just address this, this piece, and this is my opinion. The truancy thing of going after parents, not one parent was actually arrested. To my understanding, nobody did any jail time um, under that truancy thing. Excuse me? Go ahead. And, and, and... Why would you expect her to be any different kind of attorney general than any other kind of attorney general out there in the country? Do you know how many attorney generals in the country went after parents for a variety of things, not just truancy and weed, but guns and all kinds of, you know, if your child steals someone's car or as a parent, are you going to be held accountable? Hell yes. Exactly. If your child, did you not just see what happened in Michigan, Right. Are the parents being prosecuted because they gave their their, their gun their son took a gun to school and shot people up? Hell yes, they are. Yeah. Somehow Kamala's supposed to be totally different than every other attorney general in the country. And by the way, who gets harmed when the black kids don't go to school? The black kids. And Thank you. By the way, those the the enrollment numbers and the graduation numbers increased after this truancy bill that she and, and that was the goal. To, that was to, the goal. To get why parents should we be hands a, off exactly. on bad black parenting? Why should we, like, you may not agree with the decision to take this tool to combat bad black parenting or bad parenting, period. You could disagree with that. That's fine. But that's not a reason to throw a competent, intelligent black woman up on the cross. Exactly. That's and the, the other thing, weed charges, weed was illegal. So she and she was a prosecutor. She had to go after it. She Matt, had to enforce the law. She didn't get to pick which. Like I just, I just, ugh, that annoys me. Yeah, but you know what? It, yeah, but the the whole issue and and it happens every day is that there are laws. The children have to go to school, and the parents are responsible. And so the parents, parents parents have to be held accountable. But we can totally disagree, right? And That's white fine. white parents are held accountable too. I, I'm sorry, I just have to say this. I have to address this. And she was not only focusing on black people. Only see what they see because of what they're looking at. You understand? So, and by the way, it's not prosecutors who focus on this. Prosecutors focus on the people the pe- the police bring in. The police over police the black community. Exactly. Your point is valid, but it's pointed, but it's focused on the wrong part of the of the chain. Exactly. Right? The chain is that the police are focused on policing black communities. They bring in black kids for weed. The black kids get prosecuted, and the question is, what do you do with that? Not only what that, you and I probably agree, Mrs. Matthews, is how do we dismantle police, or how do we address policing that only focuses on the transgressions of black people? How do we address that? 
thankfully, that's my lane. That's my focus. That's where I put my energies. I sue the hell out of police departments for racism and sexism. So that's what I do. But you are not wrong in saying that it is unfair and disproportionate in the way that it was applied to black people. You are 100% right about that, and I am with you on that. But this question of whether or not parents should be held accountable for the criminal behavior of their children is a different question, right? And should when truancy, like if, if, if plan A ain't working, you go to plan B. If plan B ain't working, you try trans, plan C. If plan C ain't working, then you try plan D. Like that's what you do. And truancy in the black community, especially the young black people, was a huge problem. It's still a huge problem. So, now, you can be wrong in your approach. You can make a mistake in your approach, but you're literally trying to assail her character because of a choice that was made not just by her, but also by the state legislature of California. You you gotta you gotta weigh that be out. Clear on that. But you but not only that. Let me just say something about about school truancy and who gets prosecuted and who um, gets a child protective case a cps case and so forth and so on if a child two children who are truant from school one black and one white and the school only reports out that the black child is not going to school then the police department cps and hence the the criminal uh, court systems only hear and learn about the black kids so it's not like Kamala says, let me see all the black kids on your roll that's not going to school, and I'm going after their parents. That's not how it works. The schools, it starts there. The school report, reports out and makes a complaint to the, whatever the state central registry or whatever reporting or to the police or whomever, um, what is it, truancy boards or whatever. The school has to report the children to those or those agencies and then it's taken to the police and whoever else and and then eventually to the prosecutor so it right. it, it it's not like you know that whole thing it, it's it's not on the prosecutor's desk unless it starts with the schools and then and it can go to the police who say, well, this is a white kid. We're not going to just go to school, kid. But you black kid, I'm taking this to the full extent of the law because I have a quota to fill. And I don't care about your black ass anyway. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying holding Kamala Harris, like, to say that the cases aren't handled the same, you know, she's the attorney general. She's not a prosecutor of a particular county. Like, again, I just think that you are, your, your reasons for being angry are completely legitimate. But the, the reasons for focusing that anger on Kamala are not. That's all I'm saying. Right. Your reasons for being angry about disproportionality, about where the energy is focused and who gets incarcerated and how long they get incarcerated, how we, the school, the prison pipeline, and how we treat kids who are just uh, being wrong and being young as being criminal. I, you're with, I am with you. We are in the same fight, and we are fighting together on this shit. Like, we are there together. My, where we disagree is whether or not that is – a, that is a, a that is a, a, a situation that you put squarely on Kamala Harris and said because she was the attorney general she should have 
been able to do X, Y, and Z and P, V, and Q. Like, that's the only place where we disagree, yeah. right? That's, that's, that's all. I, I, I appreciate that you have a heart for our young Black people. I appreciate you for thinking about the disparities. I am grateful to you for, for speaking out and saying how unfair the system is. Because and it is. educating others on that, I'm grateful for you. So I tip my hat to you for that. I don't want you to feel like I'm angry with you because I disagree with you. I'm not. I'm angry with a system that holds Kamala Harris to a completely different standard than every other attorney general in the country or every other candidate for high office in the country. Mike Pence was vice president of the United States, too. What an abomination he was. Yeah. Right? I never heard people talking no. about yeah. Mike Pence and people on this show or and anything how else. disproportionate he was to black people, yeah. right? We weren't, we've never talked about how disproportionate Eric Holder was, right? right? I am saying that, that we, we, we see her and we start hunting and pecking for reasons to separate, cull her out from the herd of attorney generals. And say that because she is who she is, she should have been swimming in a completely different way than every other attorney general at the time. Do you think she could have gotten elected attorney general if she did? No, not hardly. Well, yeah. I'm just asking for a little more mercy yeah. for her yeah. than you currently seem to be giving. My interpretation of what you said seemed to be giving her. Yeah. It may be that in your heart, you and I are we're loving her on the down low or whatever. Like it could be that I'm overstating your, 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 your thing. But I just, I just want you to know that I am asking for greater mercy for black women in, in high office and, and who put themselves out there, not less. Well, I'm asking not, not a pass over bullshit, but greater mercy. Remember the saying, um, when you, when you crash through, um, glass ceilings, you're bound to get cut. And and that is the highest glass ceiling yet, VP. Yeah. And and so I just, I'm just, just ponder that. Ponder, I'm willing to ponder what you said, but I'm asking you to ponder what I said. I'm willing to, I'm willing to totally entertain that this whole thing, you know, maybe she could have done more. Mm-hmm. Maybe she should have spoken up more. That, that's a fair that's a fair assessment. There are things that I look back on, I'll be like, dang, I sure wish I had done more of that. Or more importantly, dang, I sure wish I had shut up then. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I have some experiences that, you know, I, I wish I had done things differently. I mean, but that's that's what um, wisdom is born of. That's what experience is. You know, you you have an experience, you, you touch the the hot stove and you realize, oh, shit. That's not good. Don't do that again. And and life experiences are the same way, you know. Um, human interactions and you know everything that we do, you know. Um, Pam, I want to I want to thank you again for coming through. You are the bomb. dot com. I always enjoy. I wonder what happened to you. I was like, we had such a good conversation. I wonder what happened. To no, you. you're always you're always in here. It's just that I'm super busy. If I told you all the things. I have on my plate, you, you'd be like, oh, okay. I, I believe you. I, I believe you. Yeah, but we do have and some important work to get done. We do, and, and you know, I had such a great chat with y'all last time, and I hope this one was as, as elucidating as the last one. And, you know, uh, you know. 
Yeah. Don't worry. I I'm 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 committed. I just I just really need the time and I want to make sure that whatever I put out is nice. It's it's appropriate. You know, I want it I wanted to I wanted I'm to know it's nice and appropriate. Everybody Yeah, knows but it. I mean like presentation is half the battle. You understand? Yeah. You, you yeah, don't absolutely. You know, um so don't worry about it. We'll 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 work on it. I have not forget. You are not ever far from my thoughts because <laughs> I am always enraged about what is not happening, and and what is not happening is the voter suppression law is not changing. These Republicans are not being sat down, put in their seat, and arrested and held accountable for the nonsense I mean, and the illegal yeah. shit. And, and there's still an anti-lynching law that I would like to see passed. Absolutely. And you know what? The least that Joe could do is to come out and say, look, I actually hear you, and I got a plan. Like, that's all he would really have to do mm-hmm. to at least mitigate some of the anxiety around this. Yeah. But – He's not mitigating the anxiety in any way, and he's not understanding that it's compounded from the anxiety of four years of Donald Trump. And so the feeling that I thought I would be feeling right now, that feeling of normalcy and return to decency and things are back to normal and I can stop being fighting so hard, like that feeling, I don't have. It's the opposite. It feels worse now than it did Mm. this time last year or this time two years ago. And that's that's a scary guy, and he doesn't seem to have a sense that he, the way he retains his power is to nurture us psychically to be his, to buoy him. Yeah. He doesn't understand his relationship with us. And that's, like I said, it's unnatural politics. It's unnatural. What is going on with Joe Biden right now is unnatural politics, and that scares me. It It is scary, because then what is his end game? What- and so here we are all worried, anxious, scared, unsure, and he's leaving us in this state of worried, anxious, and unsure. And he's supposed to be Papa Bear. He's supposed to be the one that's, you know, got his arms around us and got us, he got us, you know, and we don't feel got. My back does not feel covered (laughs) at all. And um, uh, something's really off. Something is off. Yeah. it's, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a person who can tell you that there's, but I don't think, I don't think Garland is doing what he's doing and staying where he's staying without a deal having been cut. A deal was cut. And even if it was, it's okay to just say, oh, well, I'm just reneging on that deal and I'm going to go ahead and do something else because that's what the times demand. Yeah, th- this is, it's kind of crazy. I, I, I mean, it's very crazy, but. And nobody knows how it's all going to shake out, but it's altogether possible that it shakes out that our democracy is dead. Yeah. That's altogether possible. And people can't get their heads around it. Like, oh, surely this time next year it's going to look like it does now. Is it? No. Not not if we continue on the same trajectory. Not at all. Not at all. If Donald Trump becomes Speaker of the House. Which is what they're threatening. Don't people Don't fucking understand that? You're the people who told me it wasn't possible for him to get voted in the first place. Everything is possible when it comes to that man. Everything is possible. So if you're not doing everything you can to stop that from happening, then you are letting us down. All we have is Letitia James. That's, that's, all, that's, what, that's all I can see. Like, she, she is stepping down her bid for governor so that she can continue to prosecute. 
or or I just hope that she go ahead go ahead and start start throwing some real punches. But I mean, right now everybody is terrified. Nobody is willing. Like, don't. T- and the thing with Rachel and Joy right now, as much as I love and respect them, is they keep telling us all the different reasons that this dude should be prosecuted, and we don't need more reasons. Right. What they're not telling us is the reasons that Joe Biden should be replacing Merrick Garland. That's not what they're they're not doing. That. Yeah. yeah. And I need them to focus on that. I need them to focus the American people's public focus on where the problem really is. The problem lies with Joe Biden. Right. I agree 100%. Let's take this up again really soon. Thank you so much again. And um, you and I will have a chat behind the scenes, and hopefully everybody will be seeing a heck of a lot more of Miss Pam Keith of Florida. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. This is Freddie Jackson, and you're in debating with Javon and Therese. Hey everybody, this is Kenny Bobian and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hi, this is Robin S. And you're listening to Javon and Therese in the Basement. Show them it up! Can't deal with y'all. Hey, this is Avery Sunshine and I am in the basement with Javon and Therese. Shine. What's up? It's your girl, Monifa, and you're tuned in to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, it's your girl, Allison Williams, and you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, this is Lenny Williams, and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese playing my kind of music. Still in the basement, no longer alone With my homegirl Therese on the microphone Music politics are just chatting it up Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up You never know who might run through Legendary artist or someone brand new You miss a lot when you miss one day At least that's what I heard Somebody say, but it doesn't really matter what whoever says. It's always a good show with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Brunch in the basement with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, everybody's a friend in my head. I already know everybody. <laughs> One day I'll tell you about me and Shaka Khan, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. But she doesn't know anything about it. But anyway, no, she doesn't. She just she wasn't even there actually. But anyway, but she did um, mention none other than Shaka Khan as one of her. Why did I say? Wait a minute. Why did I say Shaka? She did mention none other than Shaka Khan. I'm like, where does your voice go? What happened? What's happening? Even the mere mention of her name. Okay, good. <laughs> Silence. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Would you believe I'm blushing? Did yes. Hard. <laughs> Your speechless blushing. That's the thing. Speechless blushing. Rezzy, I can't help it. There's a shaka. There's a shaka rehab, you know. If there's a cure for this, I don't want it. I don't want it. Uh, well, princess, though, Jay. 
I'm gonna send y'all some perfume. I'll, I'll definitely I'll get an address. I'll send y'all some. You can send me some cologne because I mean, oh, you know. Yeah. Just in case I should be talking I want to smell really, you know, oh, nice. Oh God. <laughs> Okay, dokie, man. Whatever you say. I just wanted to wish everybody um, a happy Shaka Kanaka. Shaka All right. Thank you. Let's let's carry on. I'm sorry. Javon, yeah, there's a pill you're going to be able to take. I promise I can tell them which way you went. They're coming for you. With Tom, so and we thank you for that. Thank you. Well, thank you. This part, that little piece, I'm just gonna keep and play it all the time for myself. <laughs> but no, just do this. And I think it's it's time to res to do a little rapid fire with um Mr. Pryor Jr. I think so. I think so. So don't worry, we won't hurt you. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.